Hey, it's Luke. The D-backs first spring training game is just one week away. So which position battles are we keeping our eyes on? We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Five o'clock hour here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Thursday. Uh, we thank you for listening. We thank you for hanging out with us. As always, we're glad you uh, chose us uh, to keep you company on your drive home or if you're listening on the podcast, wherever you are right now, we appreciate that as well. Um, this is something that Gambo and I are going to talk about this, and then we're going to take calls about this in the next segment. So we got a caller segment specifically about the Phoenix Suns. Oh, segment, the five uh, o'clock hour. I know, right? It's a special We're mixing occasion. it up. We'll be celebrating with champagne and caviar. Or later. Um, yes, callers in the five o'clock hour. Callers at five fifteen. And the topic today is: You're at the All Star break. There's 27 games to go. What do you like? What do you don't like? What needs to get fixed? Does anything need to get fixed? A state of the Suns, if you will. Okay. With 27 games left in the season and a week off for the All-Star break. What is the state of the Phoenix Suns right now? What I like is where they are since the Christmas Day game against the Dallas Mavericks. That's what I like the most. I like the way they're playing. I like their record. I I like the depth that they've added with Royce O'Neal. I like the, the rotations a lot better as it's kind of been sorted out a little bit. Remember, Bowl Bowl has become part of the regular rotation since then. Uh, Beal got healthy and he's played in a lot of games. What, we've got 20 games together or something with the big three, something like that. Sure I think. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's what I like. Um, I'll let you say what you don't like because I don't like the same thing you do. I don't like the turnovers. You don't like the turnovers. I, I, I've I come to get more comfortable with the fourth quarters. It's still not great. I feel like it's gotten better over the last couple of weeks. The fourth quarters really hit that lull when they were in Indiana and when they were in Orlando. And I'm not going to sit here and say that everything's improved dramatically in the fourth quarters. But I've liked what I've seen. I, I liked what I saw out of Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant in those bookerless minutes a, a couple of games ago. I like. I, I just feel like they've played with a better spirit and better aggression. Now, you know, that's always one bad fourth quarter away from it being an issue again. But for me, I'm not going to say that that box is checked and that problem is solved, but I'm going to set that one off to the side, and I'm going to say the turnovers. And this isn't a, hey, they need to go get a point guard rant. <laughs> that ship sailed, Just man. take better care right. of the ball. Just take better care of the basketball. So to your point, to your point, last night the Pistons were very sloppy with the basketball, right? The Pistons were. The Pistons turned the ball over 18 times, 15 in the first half. The Suns capitalized with 24 points off the Pistons giveaways. A lot of turnovers by the Pistons, 18, right? Suns had more. Mm-hmm. The Suns had more. 23, right? It goes unnoticed. I have the Suns with 20 turnovers. But okay. Let me get my box score because I have the I have the whole sheet here. So the Suns had 22. Okay. 22 turnovers to 19. So the Phoenix Suns had 22 turnovers. In a game that they won easily and going away, they still had 22 turnovers. Like, they won because the Pistons are terrible. But this is a problem that you would worry about when you get into a series against a better team that you're giving away possessions in what you expect to be close basketball. Yeah, games. and it's it's not it's not even gotten to the point where it's your point guard less, whatever that means. I I I feel like that, like I said, that ship has sailed. I, I just feel like there it's a carelessness that's hard to define. You know, just Nurk, a bad pass across the lane or Kevin Durant who man for all of his greatness he does get a little loose with the ball doesn't he 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 does like it's it seems like 
it feels like this, and I hate pinning this on one guy because it's not fair, but it feels like on those nights when they have a really rough turnover night that a lot of it is centered in Kevin Durant, you know, where he just has a lot. And it's just, it's just kind of these careless, oops, I threw it to the wrong guy. Oops, I got into traffic and I lost the handle of the ball. Like, like I feel like Devin Booker. Or somebody pokes it away from him. Or somebody pokes it away from him. He's almost seven feet tall and he's long and rangy and the ball's got to come a long way to get up to him. I feel like most nights that the turnover problem isn't a Devin Booker problem. Like, like I feel like he's, his assist to turnover ratio is good. It's fine. It's, this, it's those nights when it's Kevin Durant's problem where it really stands out because it just gets so sloppy. So Durant I, last night had five turnovers. Led the team. Booker only had one because he only played like six, six minutes. Um, but five, four for Nurkic. So that something that you would, you know, can you fix that between now and the end of the season? Or is this just who they are and, and you've got to overcome it? And and look, with Kevin Durant, he's got the ball in his hands so many times. That's going to kind of come part with that. I don't I don't know how much you can fix it. I, honestly, it might be something you're just going to have to live with and hope that it doesn't bite you in the wrong spot. I'll tell you the thing that I love, and I know this is totally recency bias here, but I do think Royce O'Neal might close the circle. You know, I like I think Royce O'Neal might be that one part that really gives you, assuming everyone's healthy, that really gives you the true lineup you need in the postseason. We did this exercise yesterday where we were looking at three through seven a year ago. Compared to now. Yeah, and I'm talking about book one, KD two, who's your three, who's your four. Three through seven a year ago, three through seven now. We even went so far back as the, the three through seven year. during the finals year. Yeah. And and they're in such a better space this year with their ability to put different kinds of lineups out there, play big, play small if they have to, put shooters out there, take advantage of Nurk. But if Nurk gets played off the field, off the court, they can they can play small. I think Royce O'Neal gives them that completion that they needed, and I love that at the turn. Love it. Royce O'Neal gives you exactly what you needed last year and you didn't have. When Monty turned to the bench for offense, he went with T.J. Warren and Terrence Ross. But those guys can't play any defense. And when he wanted defense, he went to Josh Okoge, and there was somebody else that was better defensive-minded. I can't remember who. But that, like, he did, his options were either, I got two guys that have all offense, no defense, or two guys that are all defense, no op- offense. Royce O'Neal gives you that perfect guy that's, that you could play because he gives you both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as everything else, um, I think they're in a position to move up to the top four in the West. I don't know if they're going to get there or not. I think a lot of what's going on in Denver right now is the fact that Jamal Murray's hurt and Contavious Caldwell Pope is hurt. That's, But I don't care how it's happening. The Suns are three games back of the Denver Nuggets for the fourth seed in the Western Conference. And if there is some way, somehow, that they can move up to four, now that's going to be a tough ask. Because the schedule after the All-Star break is daunting. It is brutal. It's Boston twice. Two it's against Denver everybody. Twice. Two against Oklahoma City. Two against New but Orleans. It's good that they've got two against Denver. If you want to catch Denver, beat them both times. Ca- I mean, yeah. Just beat them both times. Go get them. You can catch them if you want. Yeah, they're, they're there if you want to go get them. Um, I'm trying to think what else about what else about the first half of the... I mean, I, I like... I still think... There's room. Well, I think Bradley Beal has shown us the best of him the last three or four games. It's just a matter of keeping him on the floor. I really like the way he's played the last three or four games in terms of his aggression, looking for his shot, those non-Booker minutes, and how valuable a role he plays in those. I think I, I feel like Bradley Beal in some ways has found the best version of his identity on this team. 
the last few games before he got hurt. So I really, really like that a lot. And then to Kellen's point, when he was sitting in here with us yesterday, those small ball lineups that they roll out there, they're fun and they're effective, you know, in spurts. I don't even play a whole game like that, but in spurts, those lineups with KD at the five, they to the point where you've got like options now if you want to play small. Do you want Royce O'Neal out there? Do you want Eric Gordon? You know, you want Royce O'Neal out there? Do you want Grayson Allen? Right? Like you've and got when you get Thaddeus Young, he gives you oh, another small ball five guy who can play center. Absolutely. You've got those options as well. All right. Your turn. 602-260-9870. 602-260-9870. Your thoughts. The state of the Suns heading into the All-Star break. Same questions I ask Gambo. What do you like? What do you not like? We want to hear from you on the Burns and Gambo Show, 602-260-9870. We're back with your calls, your thoughts next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, open phones. 602-260-9870. Yeah. You used to call me on my cell phone. I always love it when we find out what song is attached to the call-in sounder. That's good. It's good. 602-260-9870. All-Star break is here. Next Suns game isn't until a week from tonight when they take on the Dallas Mavericks. 27 games to go in the season. What do we like? What needs some work? Are we happy with where they're at? You just heard what Gambo and I had to say. Let's go out to the phones, find out what the people have to say. Mike and Chandler, you are first up on this fine Thursday. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Burns and Gambo. What's on your mind about the Suns? Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Hey, yeah, you know, for me, and listen, I I want the Suns to win as much as the next guy. I I don't know if I was just born an Arizona sports fan cynic or I've, I've just been an Arizona sports fan for too long, but I never really thought this year would be the year. I mean, LeBron James and Wade and Bosch on the Heat, they didn't do it their first year, and at the time they could have been considered the best team ever assembled. So I I came in with my doubts this year, but the last, you know, since the Christmas break, the Christmas game, I, I've been proven wrong. And so now to me it's what third of the season is the real Suns? Is it the, the first third that – was very disappointing, or the second third that has been awesome. What what's going to be the real sun? Yeah, or, or the moving th- into the playoffs and, and moving forward. Yeah, or the third third that's about to start after this All Star break. Go ahead, Gambo. It's, it's like it's pretty easy to tell that. I mean, when they when they played that Christmas Day game against Dallas, the big three hadn't played together a whole lot. I mean, a very few games that they had played together. They hadn't any chemistry, any continuity. Since that time, this team's playing really good basketball. Really good basketball. The schedule's going to get a lot tougher. We'll get a better indication of where they are. But I like their spot right now. I think they're very capable of beating anybody in the West if they're healthy. I, I, I can't wait to see the third third of the season for the Suns because in that third third, we're going to get the Boston games and the Denver games and the Oklahoma City games, and hopefully the Suns are at full strength, and then I think we'll really get an idea of their ability to compete in the postseason to see how they match up. I I fully believe they are capable of matching up with those teams, but I want to see how it works. Ross in, no, I'm sorry, Paul in Avondale, then we'll get to Ross. Ross, you sit tight. Paul's first. Paul, you're up. My bad. Go ahead, man. Hey man, digging the the Drake intro. I, I really like that song. <laughs> I told Lauren, you got uh, two fist pumps from the kids on the other side of the glass. Lauren and Mitch are very proud of themselves nope, right now. Way to go, guys! No, for sure, for sure. Um, so with the Suns, man, you know this this year is definitely being up and down. 
Um, what I'm liking is, yeah, seeing the continuity now that the, the big three are starting to play together. You're starting to see that, you know, everyone's settling into their row. You know, early on, we had players that were have, are being asked to step up. And, you know, Grayson Allen, I feel like, is someone who definitely uh, benefited from it. Um, you know, he, he started out hot and, you know, now they're asking him to play the role that, you know, essentially they brought him in for and, you know, he's killing it. You know, just the one thing, I, you know, to agree with you, Bernsey, is is uh, the turnovers, man. I feel like, you know, if they, if they can control those turnovers, those games, man, we're running away with. But the games that, you know, we're just coughing it up, you know, it's just it's up in the air. It becomes a coin toss. You know, games get too close for comfort. But and overall, man, I'm excited to see how we, we play down the stretch. Um, I'm just hoping everyone stays healthy and, you know, let's make a long, you know, run this, this playoffs. Knock on wood on that one, Paul. Thank you for the phone call. And I, and I, the, the turnovers to me, that's the, it, it's going to burn you in one of these days. And I just hope it's not anytime soon. Okay. Now we go to Ross and now we go to surprise and he's next up here on the Burns and Gambo show. Sorry about that. Ross didn't mean to, didn't mean to, you know, prematurely say you're on the show. Go ahead. Hey, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Listen, uh, I truly agree. I think, and I don't think we can dispute the whole turnover thing. I think that's the number one issue. But I think that last night's game against Detroit was a good barometer, and it showed a little bit of everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, I think that if uh, you have one technical, you, you know you need to control your emotions, and whether it's tit for tat, warranted or not warranted, you know you can't go, you can't go there. Um, we lost them in the first quarter. It is what it is. But if you noticed, after that, they started calling more tit for tat fouls and they kind of lost their identity for, for about half a quarter. Now, in the second quarter, they stepped up their D, and their D turned into transition points, and that was a good thing. Now, towards the latter part of the fourth quarter, when the, the reserves were in and they were making all the subs, I think that they were playing a little bit beyond their means, too fast, dribbling in traffic, uh, which led to turnovers. And, going, and talking about turnovers, a lot of lazy passes in general, uh, passes in traffic, dribbling, dribbling in traffic. And I think that at the end of the day, if we don't clean up, and, and, and I'm not willing to accept that that's who we are. I think that we need to clean up the turnovers. I think it's doable. The, the lineup you're talking about in the second quarter, when they went on that, there was a 12 nothing run in there, and they started to pull away. It was Bowl, Royce O'Neal, Nurkic, Grayson Allen, and Eric Gordon. Booker's out of the game. No Saban Lee in the game. No Kevin Durant in the game. That lineup. But, you know, part of that is the Pistons are just so bad and we're so sloppy with the ball. Chris and Surprise next up here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Chris, welcome to the show. Give us your thoughts on the Suns, what you like, what you don't at the break. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, so what I'm liking is I love where we are from a roster standpoint, right? I, I like what we've done with Royce O'Neal and, and, and where we're, where we're going. Um, thing I love the most about Royce is, you know, I heard a lot of positive and negatives, but what I heard was, you know, his shooting percentage in the fourth quarter and how it just skyrocketed. I feel like we saw that the other night against Sacramento. Um, what I'm, what I'm not liking is, you know, I, I, we, I feel like we've, we've gotten a lot better at closing out games and closing out in the fourth quarter. You, you see book you know, picking, picking, picking things up and, and taking over in the fourth. We saw him do it against the Warriors. Unfortunately, we didn't win that game, but you, you've been seeing him do his thing. And, and I feel like we, we missed a lot of that taking control of the game in the fourth quarter, like we had last year with CP and, and how he just took over the fourth quarter. And, and I feel like we need, we need a little bit, 
we need to gain control of that fourth quarter and close out games. I'll be really curious to see the closer we get to the playoffs. And I know we're still a couple months away. And thank you for the phone call. I, I, the closer we get to the playoffs, how much sooner Frank Vogel will put Devin Booker into the fourth quarter if for no other reason to get him used to the playoffs? Because you got to figure in the playoffs. If Booker gets a blow in the fourth quarter, it's going to be for a minute tops. Minute maybe to two. two, right? Yep. At some point... I would think you'd want to integrate that a little bit, right, to get him used to that. The closer you get to that, it's probably not until like a week before the playoffs. But at some point, Devin Booker, if he sits in the fourth, it's not going to be for very long. And I do think that will help solve some of the problems in the fourth quarter. But you'd like to see those things get solved before that. Anthony in Phoenix up on the Burns and Gamble Show. Hi, Anthony. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Hey, Gamble. I just want to tell you I uh, strive to be in your shape, but I'm only 36. Good. I just want to do a say that I, I, you know i'm excited about rose o'neill um i think you know we i think he'll help our fourth quarters um uh, because of his spark and i you know we hate these to mention these guys or i'm gonna get crapped on a lot but you know he, he reminds me of like a like what russell westbrook did in the playoffs like he has that spark or, or old goran Dragic, you know the energy like he's gonna outwork you even though he's not as talented as you and i think that he's gonna really help us in the fourth quarter Helps that he's on a very unselfish basketball team where they don't mind giving him the ball and they'll pass up shots to get the ball to the... This team really is all about finding the open guy, whoever that is, and letting him take the shot. How come nobody ever calls and says, hey, I'm in your shape? He's 36. I'll be, I'm 57, so... Did like 81 Tota bars the other day at the gym. I'm dying. <laughs> hey, Bernsey, I'm round and I enjoy a gin and tonic. I'm in your shape. I want uh, that call. Yeah. Where's that call? I listen to Blue Oyster Cold on repeat. Hey, hey, Bernsey, I'm round and I like eating peanut butter out of the jar with a spoon. You and I, man, we're like soul brothers. Hey, wait, wait, I can name you every Oscar winning director from 1990. <laughs> where, where, That's right. Where's where, that guy? Where's that guy? Where's that guy? You know, it's not like the guy. Hey, Gambo, you're my, you're my fitness guru, man. I'm in shape like you. Yeah, great. Good. Good, yeah. I, I listen. I'm good encouraged him, by that. Just for you, 36. I'm, I'm teasing. Key is never to him. get out of shape. Don't get out of shape because it's hard to get back in. So don't get out of shape. You know what? That is a good key. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> key, key to life, <laughs> Lauren. I, I don't know. I'm, in, I'm I'm looking at you, but I'm not looking at you. It's just I'm just looking at you because you're looking at me. But is I'm not... this because I told you I ate a ton of Rice Krispie treats before I came in for work for breakfast yesterday? Are you guys counting crow in this right now? I'm a looking at you. You are looking at me. <laughs> no, Laura. Not in the barrio. No, no. no Mr. No, Jones. No, everybody's no, 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 no. Text us your thoughts. Looking at me. Uh, the FanDuel text line is 620-620 right now. When we come back, we'll circle back to what is clearly the top story of the day. Devin Booker's ejection. The things that led up to Devin Booker's ejection, the latest on what happened with all of that, and whether Devin Booker could have done something to prevent getting ejected. That's all next here on Arizona Sports. Hey everybody, Dan Bickley here, and we do not have a football Friday for you tomorrow, but we've got a jam-packed show about our Diamondbacks and our sons heading into All-Star Weekend. Join us at 6 o'clock on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Jones struck up a conversation. Such a good song. Good song. It's almost impossible to come up with like a top 10 song list of all time. Like I've tried, it's impossible. No, it's 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 so it's just there's too many, right? We should do that one day. This we should do it. 
it's, it's too hard. There's just too many. There's too many good songs out there. I know, but you could come up but with a top ten. This would be one that I would consider to be in my top ten of all. It's a great song. It is a great. It is maybe like the perfect pop rock song. One of the best pop rock songs. I'm gonna of all say time. this was 95. Mm, no, this was 96. 93. 93. I remember because I was living in Seattle at the time. 93 or 94. Because I remember everybody was listening to this when I was in Seattle. I think it came out in 94. Yeah. 93? Okay, 93. 93. Okay. Wow. It was when my wife and I moved to Seattle for a couple years. It's such a good song. Maybe one of my top 10 favorite songs of all time. Man, how do you do that? I can barely come up with a top 10 movie list of all time. There are too many good movies. You go songs, through, you, there's you, a billion of them. You go through your Spotify, <laughs> you write down all the songs you like, and then you start eliminating ones that aren't in the top 10. If I, if I did that, I'm going to start with like 500 songs that I love. I got to narrow that down to 10? Yeah. Oh, no. No. Too much work. I'd rather just. Right. I'd rather if just, you ever want to do it, I'm in. I'll do a top ten list. I'd rather just hit shuffle on the 500 songs that I narrow it down to, and just play those round the clock. And this would be one of those. Such a good song. Good song. Um, all right. So, thank you, Lauren, for playing this. We enjoyed that. Um, the Devin Booker ejection, the Drew Eubanks fight. Yeah. The latest that's coming down now from Sham Sharania is that the league is certainly investigating. And what they're looking into was the first time the Suns and the Pistons played back in November. They're looking into whether a Drew Eubanks hard foul on Killian on Hayes, Killian Hayes was the, who's not even on a team anymore. So right. like a seventh or eighth pick in the draft and they released them. Yeah. Uh, Kellen was in here earlier. He went back and watched every single minute that Drew Eubanks was on the court against. That's the, a, just a typical Kellen thing to do. One hundred percent. That's why we right. love Kellen. He does. He does the heavy lifting, so we don't have to do that. Right. He the one play was a hard foul on Killian Hayes by Drew Eubanks, sent him tumbling to the ground. The officials reviewed it. Wasn't even a flagrant foul. They just re- ruled it a common foul. So was Isaiah Stewart. Upset about that. Drew Eubanks because of that last night before the game in the parking lot? Well, we haven't heard from him on this, right? He was arrested, cited, and released. But we we have not heard his side of the story. We... We heard Drew Eubanks say it was just basketball stuff, right? Isn't it what is it? Just basketball stuff. He was arrested, released for assault. Monty Williams said the Suns' approach to it was irresponsible because the Suns put out a statement. But obviously there is video that we haven't seen yet that surfaced that backs. And I think we will see it because if you were arrested and cited, that is evidence that they've got. And that evidence will become public domain. Sham Sharani has said as much. They've gotten security footage and that. Multiple people with direct knowledge of the situation told me that this is what took place. This is what that footage will show. Isaiah Stewart, Drew Eubanks were in the back hallways pregame, exchanged some words, uh, and it really stemmed from their last game against each other in Detroit, November 5th. They were chest to chest. Uh, Isaiah Stewart dropped his bags and punched Drew Eubanks in the face amid their exchanging of words and them coming chest to chest. Um, I'm told Drew Eubanks was punched in the mouth area. And from what I'm told, the footage will show Drew Eubanks barely flinched. Uh, He stood there stone cold, took the punch. Wow. Didn't punch him back. No. I mean, I, yeah. Called him soft, by the way. (laughs) Drew Eubanks called him soft. Here we go. Just walking in. Words were said and got sucker punched and security stepped in and that was it. Did you ever have anything with him? Just basketball. 
yeah. stuff that goes on the court. But nothing personal nah, that, nah, that nah. would make you think that he would do that. Nah, I mean, no. Nah. He could. You can see what he does, like how he acts on the court. So, it's right. Surprising. So you were in street clubs. Yeah. Coming to do your job, and all of a sudden, homeboy just, homeboy just comes out of nowhere from behind. Not basically. We were walking in. Words were said, and then got face to face, and then he just sucker punched me. Then security got in the way. Okay. Are you expect, are you concerned about tonight? Considering no, we'll play. You are oh. good though. No damage yeah, or anything. No, no straight. No, okay. it's a soft punch. <laughs> soft punch. <laughs> soft Isaiah punch. Stewart's two hundred and fifty pounds. Again, backs up my point that basketball players can't punch. <laughs> soft punch. If a two hundred and fifty pound guy punches you, is like he should be able to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> with all of that weight behind him. Sun statement that they released. You referenced this a second ago. The attack on Drew Eubanks was unprovoked, and acts of violence such as this are unacceptable. We unequivocally support Drew and will continue to work with local law enforcement and the NBA. Monty Williams took umbrage to that phrasing, said that it's irresponsible for the Suns to say unprovoked when you really don't know because two sides are giving their story. I can only assume what Kellen said earlier is likely correct, that the Phoenix Suns probably saw the video evidence and said, hey, look, one guy was arrested, one guy wasn't. You know, one guy was arrested, cited, and released, and one guy wasn't. I, I, I you know, did Drew Eubanks say something? Whatever. But Drew Eubanks wasn't the guy who got arrested. Drew Eubanks wasn't the guy who got cited. So Monty can take whatever umbrage he wants with how the Suns worded it. Your guy got arrested. The Suns guy didn't. Now, the, the we'll see what... To me, the fallout from this game, from this moment, was what happened to Devin Booker because it's just indisputable that the referees refed that game with a quick whistle and a heavy hand last night, knowing that they didn't want anything to get out of control. And and, and it's not and surprising really that they would do that. that. No, I think that, that listen, I think that, that listen. Y- they wanted to make sure nothing escalated. You've got one guy punching another guy. You might have some bad blood. You know, you never know the retaliation by one of the teams. But maybe. So you want to take control of that game, and you want to make sure that nothing gets out of hand. You had to expect that they were going to call it a little bit tight. You had to expect that. Um, and it's not uncommon. I think any situation, that's how it would be. I mean, the refs are going to talk about it. Everybody knows what's going on. Maybe they even got a call from the league. Like, hey, call this one tight tonight. We're a little worried about this game. We don't want. We don't need another malice at the palace. Okay, we don't need anything crazy here. So call this one tight. Take control of the game. So I think the officials were very much just trying to say we're taking control of this game early. We're not going to get it. Let anything get out of hand. Unfortunately, that mentality cost them Devin Booker very early. He was run with about six minutes left in the first quarter, kicked out of the game. Um, it, it was it, it. It Frank Vogel. <laughs> Frank Vogel was not pleased at all about Booker's ejection. Yeah. They- he just said he, you know, they asked him to stop whatever his complaint was, and he didn't stop, so they teed him up. And then he said something else to the other official, and he ran him out. It's just freaking ridiculous. And then the total BS, um, you know, as to take a star player out of the game. I've seen see worse worse than what he did on a nightly basis. <laughs> like, like not I've seen it before. I see it every night. So unprecedented. Those are good, good officials um, that were on the game tonight, but, you know, that was – Certainly uncalled for NBS. I think in some ways there's 
fault to go around on both. I think the officials, and again, I said this with Mitch Timmering on the postgame show. It kind of sucks that I feel for the people that only get to go to a game or two games a year and you want to see Devin Booker play and you don't get to see him play. I, I feel for those people, it sucks. Um, the referees need to do everything they can to keep star players in the game because that's what people are coming to see. That's the, they're not coming to see the official. They are coming to see the stars and you got to do everything you can. But I also blame Booker to a fault as well. The first time he was arguing, and Booker chirps a lot, he does. Um, and, and and you pointed out something we haven't even talked about this yet, but Booker's free throw attempts are up. Like he's top 10 in the league in free throw attempts. He's, and he's in the top 10 in free throw attempts. Like he gets, the to, the he, he gets to the line. He gets calls. Devin yeah. Booker gets plenty of calls. It's not like he's not getting calls. Yeah. Um, but I do think Booker's got to be aware of that too, that after you get the first technical, you got to be a little bit careful not to get the second I'm one. sure Devin Booker was not expecting whatever it was that he said to get the second technical was going to get him kicked from the game. Like I, I'm, I, he, okay. The first technical he got because he was complaining. They told him to stop complaining. He kept complaining planning fine we're going to tee you up okay that happens the second technical according to the pool report was that he he said some word he wasn't supposed to say and that got him run um that that to me is the one where it's like come on i i mean you know okay he called you a bad word let's let's be a grown-up here and deal with it you're a referee you probably get called bad stuff all the time and i get what you're saying about booker and sometimes i do worry about devin booker pushing it a little too far with the referees and obsessing a little too much about the referees but i i you know i'm just I'm grateful that that happened last night against the Detroit Pistons. I do feel bad for fans who showed up expecting to see Devin Booker and they got Saban Lee. Nothing against Saban. But I'm glad it happened against the Pistons because there are a lot of other teams where I don't know if they would have won that game last night if they didn't have Bradley Beal or Devin Booker. Against the Pistons, they do. I'm, I'm, yeah, the, I know. the Pistons timing was the, lucky. Pistons are the worst team I've seen this year. It's Washington's the second worst team I've seen. When we come back, a Diamondback legend thinks that Corbin Carroll is on pace to be the Diamondback legend. That's coming up here on Arizona Sports. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? It's brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. Locally, nothing on tonight. No the local teams in action tonight. Uh, next local game is tomorrow. Coyotes taking on Carolina. Uh, U of A's not in action tonight. Their next game uh, is against Arizona State on Saturday. ASU versus. Oh, that's right. That's U right. U of A does not play this week. That's the only game they play is that one. ASU yeah. got the win last night. ASU did get the win last yeah. night against Oregon State. Uh, Can around- I gripe about that for a second? Oh, please. Why is ASU playing a second game this week? On Rivalry Week. And U of A doesn't. I, I, wasn't there a week where U of A only got one well, No, no, game? both of them. When they went up to Wazoo right. and Washington. I don't know. But why is ASU playing another game on Rivalry Week? Clearly, that's going to be the reason why ASU doesn't beat U of A this weekend. Remember yes, the, last the one time and they, only. Last, the last time they went up there, that was when that Cambridge hit, kid hit that shot, right? Beyond half court. Beyond yeah. half court. Was that the last time? The Des Cambridge shot. Des yeah. Cambridge shot beat U of A last year. Dang. Okay. Three-quarter shot. All right. Sorry, bitch. I was being a little facetious. With no, it's okay. I'm just trying to think who's got it in them to do exactly that this time around. All right, so I got to do this real quick before we turn on. I, um, 80s movies. We were talking about 80s movies earlier, right? Yeah, right. Right? I yeah. asked my wife to give me a grade on some of these movies from the 80s. Okay. Field of Dreams, A. Oh, good. Back to the Future, C. <laughs> Karate Kid, A. Okay. Breakfast Club, F. Say Anything, F. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, F. Chelsea, what are you doing? Uh, Footloose, C. Can't Buy Me Love, A. Aliens, B. 
Close Encounters of the Third Kind, F. 16 Candles, A. Die Hard, B. The Shining, B. Jaws, D. Those are her grades. She really gave Breakfast Club an F? She hated it. Didn't understand it. Chelsea. I know. The Breakfast Club. Chelsea. Give the Breakfast Club an F. Say anything an F. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off an F. And Close Encounters of the Third Kind an F. All I can say is, I'm glad you're married to her. (laughs) 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 Because that would be a problem. Can't buy me love. That would be a problem. And Karate Kid got A's. <laughs> you break my heart, Chelsea. That's the when Bernsey says, no, you're sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> you're sleeping on the I couch. I get the bedroom. You're, Breakfast Club gets an F. Breakfast Close Club Encounters get, gets an F. Yes. Yeah, you're on the couch. Jaws yeah. got a D. The Shining a B. Die Hard got a B. Yeah. Aliens got a B. Chelsea. Would she give Ferris again an F? F. She gave Ferris an F. Breakfast Club say anything. Candles get? An F. Sixteen Candles got an A. All right. Oh, okay, good. Redeemed yourself a little bit. She got an. She got an A. And, gonna, an A for it, Field it, of Dreams. I don't want to turn this into a bash. I I, I love Chelsea. She's great. Uh, she's she's uh, she's one of my favorite people. I I but her. I get it. She just doesn't like the older movies the way we no. do. And that's, no. And, but that's, Chelsea, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. All of these were oh, all done like, my heart. all of these were before she was even born. I know, but it's So she pretty, doesn't really relate to those but movies. The, but, but that's, like, there were movies that I love that were made I before I was born. I know, The I Great Escape. You know, uh, Vertigo, <sighs> Rear Window, um, Psycho, I, all Hitchcock movies, all made before I was, I love them. Doesn't right. matter whether they were made Me before too. I was born or not. I love those movies. Streetcar Named Lawrence Desire. of Arabia. I mean, all that stuff. I love all that stuff. Okay. Bruh. On the waterfront. You know what? Great Kelsey, movies. It's 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 lucky that I just I have forgiveness in my heart. I, I'm I'm, I'm cool with that. All right, thank you. All right, for, there you go. Thank you for. I had to ask. <laughs> I guess I grade these movies for me, and she rated them all. And she rated them all. She rated them all. All right. Well. Anyway, um, did you hear what uh, Luis Gonzalez said on these here airwaves earlier today? Luis Gonzalez talking about Corbin Carroll. The way he carries himself on the field, off the field, everything is just so valuable to our organization. He's proved that. All the young kids, it's so exciting to go around the city now and see everyone wearing the, the number seven jersey around, just as they do in basketball, wearing Booker and how they did with, you know, Fitzgerald and guys like that. So uh, it's an exciting time for our team. But here's the one that got us talking. He's been here since day one where they've allowed them to come to the ballpark. <laughs> He's here early. Um, late in the afternoon, all the guys are gone, and he was still here. I walked in and uh, asked him what he was still doing here because, you know, it's been a long day. And he said, just trying to get better. And I kind of scratched my head and I walked out and I said, if this guy's trying to get better, he he couldn't get any better than what he did last year. So, I mean, it just kind of, it goes to show you how valuable he is to this team. Um, this guy will ultimately be the best player to ever put on a Diamondbacks uniform. Compare that to DeAndre Ayton. I don't, I don't need to get better. I proved everything I had to prove in this league. I'm a max player, and I'll continue to be a max player. Yeah. Continue DeAndre. C- compare DeAndre Ayton's comments to Corbin Carroll. Well, I want to get better. I want to get better. I haven't proven. I want to get better. And DeAndre Ayton, I've arrived. I'm a star in this league. Yeah, Diamondbacks obviously shows very, very well who they gave their money to. I, I'm really hyper-focused on. This guy will ultimately be the best player to ever put on a Diamondbacks uniform. That's a really high bar. You got to you got to top a guy that won four Cy Young awards in a, a World Series. It was the best player in the game at that time. It's a really high bar. Now, look, you said it. 
if he plays his entire career with the Diamondbacks and he has an outstanding, say, like an Ichiro Suzuki kind of year, kind of career with the Arizona Diamondbacks, okay, let's talk. But for me, even though he wasn't here as long, I don't know how anybody can top the individual excellence of Randy Johnson, even if it was just for five or six years, however long he was here. He has six, then he came back for two. Okay. Four of those years, he won the Cy Young Award. I, I, I just, I don't. That level of greatness cannot be duplicated. It cannot be duplicated. I, I, I mean, Corbin would have to. Somebody responded on Twitter and said he would have to play his entire career in Arizona and go to the Hall of Fame in order for, for, for him to top but the Randy longevity, Johnson. 15 years, like I said, if he hits 310 times, if he's a 12-time yeah. All-Star, if and he each year old like career. wins yeah. a couple of stolen base titles and a couple of batting titles, you may look at the overall volume of what he did and say that's better than what a guy did over a six-year span. Maybe. It, it's but a, that's going to be hard. It's a That's a big, bold statement by Luis Gonzalez, who, by the way, one of the best Diamondbacks of all time as well. It's, it's Randy, but Luis certainly is one of those guys as well. Big bar for him to clear. But interesting comments. That was from Wolf and Luke earlier today. We're out of here. Big Red Rage is next here on Arizona Sports. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.